let's make sure people hear this loud and clear. Do not take tax advice from social media. We don't, would you like to repeat that one more time? Do not take tax advice hmm. and tax strategy advice from social media, especially from people who are not qualified as tax strategists. Just because your CPA told you in your marketing business that you could do that, it does not qualify you as a tax strategist or a tax professional or a CPA or anything of the sort to repeat that information to your followers because you don't know all the ins and outs and you don't know why it works for you, but it's not gonna work for the person next door watching you. It's very customized and you have to follow the rules. And by problem, I could get on a whole tangent. You can tell I'm getting a little worked up here. So I'm gonna <laughs> dial it back down. I'm gonna <laughs> dial it back down. But they're, it's, they're not giving context. It's clickbait. All it is is clickbait to get you to like, comment, follow, do all the things. And they're not giving you the full context of what it looks like for you. And they are not going to be bailing you out when the IRS comes and sends you a notice because you owe tens of thousands of dollars because you bought a G-Wagon and you didn't do it properly. And it's not a bona fide business purpose. Where is Joe Blow that told you this on Instagram? Where are they now? They not bailing you out. Today, I had so much fun and the privilege of interviewing Kimberly Tara. We talked about everything from guilt that moms feel working while also building a business and trying to be a mom and how that plays out when interacting with customers and how to let go of that. We talked about how to find a reputable, good CPA doing your due diligence and your homework and why it's so important. And we also even talked about addressing the misinformation about buying brand new $50,000 vehicles to lower your tax bill that was going around social media and may still be going around social media. We talk about all of that in this episode. It is one that you cannot afford to miss. And so we're going to get right into it with Kimberly. The fun thing about this episode is because she's so fun to talk to, we jumped right into the conversation. So you'll be diving right in. I am going to give you a real quick introduction of her, which you'll actually hear at the very end of the conversation as well, because like I said, we just started talking, but I'll let you know who she is. So you'll hear that clip and then we'll be right into the conversation. Enjoy the episode. I would love to tell people what I actually do. Um, so I am, so I'm Kimberly Tara and I'm the owner of the Tara CPA firm and I am a CPA and certified tax coach by the official credentials, right? But I like to say that I am a tax strategist and business growth advisor because that is truly what we do for our clients. So we link arms with female service providers to maximize their profits, reduce their taxes, build wealth and create a legacy. And we do that through execution, education, and empowerment. Now that you know who Kimberly is, now let's slide into the episode. Client calls most of my clients working with me. If you're not okay with a kid popping up, but seeing a little head at some point, we're probably not a good fit. So, and, and that's just... Um, uh, we can talk about this on the podcast too. Like when I was in business my first year, it was 
you know, oh, I have another meeting. I'm not available at that time, but I was really going to pick my son up. Right. And, um, it was never, it was never something about my family. It was always like, Ooh, no, I've got another work engagement because I felt like I couldn't be seen as a mom because then I wouldn't be taken seriously. Right. Um, and now I am unapologetically a mom first. I'm like, Nope, can't do that time. That's pickup time. Oh, Nope. Can't do that. That's drop off time. Like you're going to, you know, and, and just not, um, feeling the need to scrounge for clients or take every client that comes my way. Um, I'm much better with my nose and I don't think we're going to be a good fit and um, not worrying it. That that's a big honesty. One of my core values is genuine. And so I'm very genuine in the fact that I don't think that we're a good fit and here's mm -hmm. why. And let me help you find a good fit for you. Um, mm -hmm. But also not being worried about the money as much. And I mean, we all still have to worry about the money, but I was just, I was so worried about the money in the beginning, like leaving my nice, I mean, I had a good salary job in public accounting, right? I, I was really good at what I did and um, got good bonuses and stuff. And so it was, I, I think it was more, um, I could do the work for people and they were willing to pay me. So I was willing to say yes. Um, and so I don't do that anymore. But, okay, like you mentioned, like in the in the beginning and stages of business, most people are yeah. You're looking for how do I build my business? My money. It's very normal. It's very normal. It's it's a it's a it's a normal. Um, <clears throat> it's it's both normal because you do have the fear of money and and not having. Well, what if I don't take this client? No one else is going to come along, and and I've got bills to pay, right? Um, because unfortunately with my husband and I student loans, like we are not a one income family. Like, I mean, I'm a CPA and he's an engineer. We are very blessed to make good salaries, but for kids, private school tuition, like student loans that we're still paying back. And we've made incredible headway. We are down to, we, we started with 200,000 in student loans because my friends have told me, they're like, you need to share that more. We started with 200,000 in student loans. And in eight years, we're down to 26 left. So Congrats. yeah, like while, like while having kids, we've owned our homes, right? Like we're not the Dave Ramsey method people, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not for us. So, you know, we're not a one income household. So when you have that weighing in the back of your head that like, you know, I need to, I need to contribute. Um, you, you tend to say a little more yes to things that you might not normally. And it takes a little while um, to get above that. Plus it's, it's good practice. It's good referrals. It's, you know, you're still learning. So I don't, I don't really regret saying yes to all the jobs. Right. But um, I'm grateful that within about 18 months of doing that, you know, I mean, I hit six figures in 12 months. So obviously there wasn't a, there was plenty of work um, because I just kept getting referrals. Uh, but 18 months in, I realized we were pregnant with our second child at the time. And I was like, yeah, I can't keep going with this. So we had to do some refining. Um, so, but yeah. no, okay. So like you hit in 18 months, um, in 12 months, you hit six figures, right? 18 months, you're having the next child. But where did the switch come from of not being apologetic and saying you're going to a work meeting to oh, yeah. no, I'm to pick up the kids like where that, did that probably that probably didn't come to like 2020 ish 2021 ish right like I mean that still took a little time to really step into like why am I why am I not hiding this but why do I feel like clients will leave me if I say I'm going to be a mom um, and I will also say probably in that time, I have some male clients, but I primarily work with female clients. I found, um, 
more community. So in 2020, I stepped into the online world. We started a blog, a family blog, because everybody was always asking us like, well, how do you do this? And how do you travel with two kids to Costa Rica? And how do you, how do you like, you're going to travel with three kids now? Um, So it was very much like a family blog. We started it. We did not know that COVID was coming down the pipeline when we started a mostly travel blog. So it transitioned a little bit to a family blog. And now we talk about money and business because then people started asking me there as I got into this community the online space they're like well how are you talking to your kids about money they're they're five and three and I'm like oh my gosh you can talk about money and business and economics with a five-year-old and a three-year-old very easily it's all in how you present it to them so then it morphed and now it's got some money and business in there so in moving Ooh. in in getting some guidance on what it was like to have a blog that was where I sort of came into the online world for my CPA practice I was like I think I could do this, like I could have a lead magnet and an email list and all of these things that I have for the blog, I could do that for the CPA world because I'm very passionate about educating, especially females and moms. And I believe that the more knowledgeable that we are as women and moms, the more we can impart that knowledge into our children because it starts with us. And so um, that finding the community too. Like now I have a business besties mastermind. They're actually all here in Louisiana, but we have like our own mastermind that we've made and we all have online businesses essentially. And so I think it was also finding that community and those other business owners who were moms. And that helped me be like, you know, there are people out there who are going to be attracted to me because I am a mom, because I set those boundaries, because somebody who had to reschedule their sale, their, I, I don't call them sales calls, but like, it's basically a sales call, their, their consult call, because she was like, I didn't realize I had a um, field trip that day. And I'm like, that is the best reason to reschedule a call, like go enjoy your field trip. Right. So um, leaning into that more that, you know, um, I have like my safety net of clients that I know. I mean, we have a 97% retention rate. So people aren't leaving. Um, so I think there's a comfort in that, that I can say no and the money's not going to dry up. And so that has helped as well with like being more established. I mean, I was probably about four years in before I really owned like you know, I started to say no. I started to charge more about 18 months to two years in. I started to charge more. I started to say no. That was the first iteration. And I would say about four to four and a half years in was when I was really like unapologetic about like, this is how you're going to work with me. If you want to work with me, this is like, these are my times. I will drop you like it's hot if my kid's school calls, because there are also no emergencies in tax, right? Like, like I had an emergency call two nights ago. And that is the first time in probably like two years since all the PPP stuff. And like, there was a lot of mm. hecticness around COVID and PPP and cash flow and a lot of guidance and supporting my clients there. That was a little bit of a stressful time, but that's kind of a one-off. I mean, I think we all hope that that's not going to happen again. Um, So that was the first time that I took a call in the evening and I don't know how long. And I was like, this is why I'm very choosy. They're like kind of lingering clients. They're um, they're they're actually selling their business. That was the point of the call. They were going to closing and they had some final questions before they went to closing. And I'm like, you've known this for two weeks. Why didn't you ask me this two weeks ago during working hours? So, you know, I probably would have had to say something if they weren't selling the business and, and going to be moving on. They're not going to be my, you know, once... Once I don't have the business, right, right. Um, so that's fine. But yeah, it's just little things like that, that I've like, 
and it takes time. And I know there are a lot of people out there moving very quickly. I know there are people that are making more than me who have been doing this less time than me, but I also think that there is, um, I've done it at the pace that works for me. That's very good for me. That's very good for my family. And could I have made more? Could I be making more? Absolutely. But would I have had to give up the time with my kids during these young years, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to have my own business was to be present for them during these years. Like if, if to, to work more and grow more would have defeated a good portion of the purpose of me having my own business. Um, so being, I am an Enneagram three, so I do have to remind myself because I am a high achiever. So I do have to take a step back. Can really like, remember the whole point is so that you can be room mom at school. Like that's the whole point of this. Um, so, you know, I'm in a growth year right now. Um, because I told my husband, I was like, I've given to the family for the last seven years. I've either been pregnant, nursing, with a, with a six month old, like this is my turn. And Mm -hmm. I've also really figured out, um, that I have to go. So I'm at about two, like I'm in the low twos right now. I have to get to about the mid threes to bring someone on because to afford a quality CPA or EA, that's going to be up to my high standards and how we serve our clients. So I need to get up to that level to be able to afford to bring them on. And I'm actually like almost there for the year with my projections. Um, and I'm going to be putting a job posting up, um, hopefully Monday. Um, I'm super excited. Yeah. The goal is 500 this year. And what I've realized is I'm not going to have as much time back as I thought when all the kids go to school because I do want to be a present mom. And so by the time I go to school four freaking times a week, times four kids, <laughs> it's actually not as much time as I thought I was going to have. So um, it has actually, I've really been restructuring and refocusing how my business looks since about October of last year um, and having to like redo things and change things. Like what? The plan. Like, um, so we've moved to only package offers. Um, so we only, instead of offering tax strategy days, VIP days and tax prep and consulting, it is all in one now. If Mm. you want to work with us, because, because the thing is the magic is in having all of it. And so people would be like, oh no, I don't, I don't need, I don't need tax strategy. Um, I'm just going to pay you for tax prep, but then they get their tax return. Like, well, how, how do I lower my taxes? How do I pay less? And it's like, well, that's the strategy that I wanted to do. Right. If you didn't need that. You aren't going to pay for that. I'm like, so now we have, um, and I'm actually about to kind of change it up again. And, and this is what's hard for me is I know that I'm meeting the needs of our clients. Like the changes I'm making, I know that I'm meeting female business owners where they're at. But the planner, the type A CPA planner in me is like, oh my God, we're changing again. I can't handle this. Like, <laughs> like I it's, just did this. I just did this. I just had a plan. But, you know, I, I understand that, you know, and we work with business owners. Like I want business owners. I don't need them to rapidly be growing, but I want them to be growing. I want them to want to, I want them to want to grow and be taking the steps and the actions towards that. Even if it's in a sustainable way, we meet our clients where they're at. You want to grow, you know, you want to double your revenue this year. Okay. Let's, let's back in and figure out how we do it. You just want to grow at 20% because you have little kids at home. Let's figure out a way to do that too sustainably. I meet them where they're at. And so um, it's been like a lot of changes and I really, really hate it because like 
it's just like giving me a lot of internal anxiety, but I know, I know in the long run that I'm making the right decisions for me and for my clients. And as I've gotten more into this online world, I mean, I've only had this package out for three, um, four months now, and I've already signed on seven new clients and like, I've never marketed before. So like, this is, whoa, wait, you said you, you, have you marketed this package or you, I have marketed this package. So, but mostly I've, I've got, it's just been client retention and client referrals to new clients. And then a couple of like professional, I don't even call them partners. Cause we don't like, there's no exchange of money or anything. It's just like financial advisors or attorneys. And it's like, um, Hey, yeah, like you need to go talk to Kimberly and then people just come. So when I, when people would call me, they were, they were pretty warm leads, right? Their friend or their financial advisor or their attorney told them to call me that, that I need to, where they said, I need to work with you. Right. Or I knew them, or I just struck up a random conversation with them at a birthday party and, oh, wow, I own a business. Oh, wow. I need to come talk. Yeah. Like I need to work with you. That, that was the whole first six years of my business. And until you I didn't decided do like LinkedIn stuff, you didn't do none of that. My OBM, my OBM is working. She's like, we need to get your LinkedIn fixed. Um, I have three. I mean, my LinkedIn is still like I did put a banner up there, but um my LinkedIn was basically like remnants of public accounting. Because back when I was in public accounting, when LinkedIn came out, like you had to have a LinkedIn profile. It was the professional corporate thing to do. And so I have one, but I didn't use it. I have about uh, I just started an Instagram account, I don't know, a couple months ago. Now I have 300 and something followers there. Um, we have a new robust referral program so that like I can actually pay out people who send us referrals. Um, I started podcast guesting in about October or November, December of last year, maybe like November of last year. Um, that's about it. But other than that. First six years. Yeah. Random conversation at a birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody says you need to call Kimberly. Yeah. That's and amazing. Then, and then they talk to me and they're like, well, damn, yeah, I need to work with you. Right. So the goal, <laughs> the goal, and like, I, I've just started owning that there was there, I, there was a lot of imposter syndrome and, um, there were a lot of things that I needed to work through, right? That I don't think I'm expert enough. And do I know everything? Absolutely not. But I actually think that that's what makes me better than a lot of CPAs out there is I know my limitations. I know what I don't know. I'm willing to admit to you, oh, I've never heard of that. Tell me more about that, you know? And and then let me go research it or let me reach out to my resources who I might know someone who knows more about that. And so I actually think that that makes me not only human to say like, I don't know everything, but it makes me really good at my job and to say, yeah, let's, let's figure that out. Um, and I don't pretend to know something that I don't know because I know a lot about taxes and I know a lot about finances and entrepreneurship, but there's no way that I could know everything. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a forever student, right? I always believe in learning, but I'm also a teacher at heart and I love teaching others, um, who don't know as much as me. So it was very much this mindset over 2022, I guess last year, where the more I talked to my business friends, they were like, do you really realize just how much financial knowledge you have? Like the things that you just talk about. And I'm like, no, I don't. Cause it's just, <laughs> it's just what I 
it's just second nature to me. Um, so really leaning into that to say like, wow, I do actually have something to really offer. Like I really do know more. And I'm also always willing to go out and figure out and help you if it's something I'm not aware of. So that's really been helpful too, is like, I am really good. I am. I really do know my stuff and people are lucky to work with me and like really getting more into that mindset of people are very lucky to work with me and I'm very lucky to work with them. And I want to work with, um, the women who want to learn, who want to, you know, so our three pillars are execute, educate, and empower. And so the execute is because like, I'm not going to teach you tax, tax strategy. Like I'm just going to come up with your plan and I'm just going to create the roadmap and I can't take 10 years of what I've been doing and my CPA knowledge and everything. I'm just going to do it, but I'm going to educate you on the steps of that process that you need to know why we're doing something or why it's beneficial or why these numbers look the way that they do. And I want you to be willing to learn and to listen to just some very basics so that we can have better conversations. And the mixture of those two is what leads to the empowerment for you to really um, confidently step into your CEO, CFO role of your business and really take you to the next level. Um, so that's like a very important part of the business for me. They, with you talking about the imposter syndrome, and even when we were talking earlier about the, being unapologetic about, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to drop you like a hot potato and go. Oh, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm about to do a three-part series, mini series on LinkedIn in May, probably end of May with three women to execs, um, one from a former exec of Microsoft. Unfortunately, she got um, impacted with layoffs, okay. um, but she will bounce back on her feet. Another sure. executive from Meta, and then a transformational coach for women um, that's been on my podcast. And we're going to talk about how women show up authentically in the workplace Love and that. in business. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be really good because we're talking about it from not only the a female standpoint, but then also bringing the culture standpoint into it. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us are minorities, <laughs> okay, and so. We'll get to talk about that. And so how do you, how do you unapologetically be yourself in business when we're still in a very male dominated world? And especially like, depending on like, I am still in a very male dominated industry, right? Like not all industries can say that some industries have really turned the corner and we see a lot more equity and equality there. Uh Accounting is not, not yet there. Yeah. Microsoft is probably not yet there. Meta. Are they real? I could really, I would have guessed that Meta would have had a little more female representation and minority representation. Uh, no. Why would you think that of Meta versus Microsoft? Um, I feel like it's the way that they advertise and the way that they hold themselves out. But I think that we all know those should words, those could words and those marketing tactics. Um, I mean, I don't believe any of it. So again, I'm a learner at heart. I'm a trust, but verify. That's that's, that's the ex auditor in me, right? Trust, but verify. Um, So yeah, I'll be interested to listen to all of those. It's going to be a really good conversation. It's yeah. funny you say trust the verified. My old mentor, my first manager who I became a manager under taught me that. And I've always, I've struggled with it as I've grown as a leader to say, is that really trust then? Yet there's the balance of, but I'm still responsible. If you work for me, I'm still yes. responsible for any and everything that you do. Yes. And, and it's hard. Like sometimes the trust, but verify is hard because sometimes it's like, it's my gut. Like certain things I'm like, 
in my gut, I know that this is either bad or this is good or I have a feeling about it. So like, I also have to trust my gut, which is not a, there's no verifying my gut. It's just a trust my gut kind of thing. But if I, if I can, I'm a, I try to, to stick to that motto of trust, but verify, which is an old auditor's motto. Yeah. Well, as you start to, as you bring on somebody, which congrats again, the growth that you're going through. I'm excited. Yeah. Is it, you're looking for another CPA. Do you already have support team in place for your business? I do. I do. So I have an admin right now and she has been amazing and a jack of all trades kind of thing, just like wherever I've needed her because she's been with me almost two years. Think this summer will be two years. And so I just needed help. Like, and I was a bad leader. I was like, I don't know what I need. I just know, I just know that I'm about to have a third baby and I'm going to have even less time and I just need help. Um, so she has been great because she's stuck with me through all of the bad leadership, right? Like she, she has stuck with me. Um, and she's helped me on like some of the documentation side. There's a lot of documentation, right. That goes into, um, making sure that we're compliant with the IRS and that we are serving our clients very well. And then she would help me if I needed just like calendar help or tech help. I mean, like just literally a jack of all trade. But what I've learned over the last couple months, I would say is um, actually since February, I went on a retreat in February and I came back realizing that I am stunting my own growth. And if I don't bring someone on to help me on the client fulfillment side and free me up because I I, I don't want to work 50 hours a week. I left public accounting so that I wouldn't have to work 50 hours a week. And I do believe that there are seasons where like I'm not always going to be able to work 30 hours a week, right? Like there are 50 hour a week seasons and that's okay. And I'm in a season of growth and, and working quite a lot, but I have to bring someone on so that I can free up my space and capacity to focus on the business and not just in the business. And um, I've gotten to, like, I've gone through seasons in the business. Okay, I freed up some space. I'm working on the business. Then you get to the next level. Okay, now I'm back in the weeds too much. And I can't get out of this next level of in the business with the growth that I'm seeing. Again, a very good problem to have. Um, But I can't get past this next level without bringing on help and my admin does not want to work full time um and that's I respect that so what has happened is the retreat that I came from after February I I realized that I needed help and I created my org chart of 5 years from now ah okay what like what like who needs to be here okay to to be like to have the business that I want to have to make the impact that I want to have what does my org chart need to look like okay how do I get there what's the first part like what's the next person what's the next step so what that looks like for me is my admin is going to move to my executive assistant role because she is she is just so great at like checking off tasks like I can she she is so great I can push a bunch of stuff on her and she can navigate it and she can get it done for me. She also thinks very similarly to how I do. And I, I really want to have as much as possible. I I really, I want to, I want to have as diverse 
of a group of people working for me as possible. And I want us to have different opinions and I want us to see things differently because I think that that is so incredible when somebody can kind of check you and say, yeah, but I was thinking about it like this, or I was approaching it like that. And then you have a really great conversation about, okay, how do we proceed from here? So I want, I want to make sure that I have that as I'm building out my practice. But I also think that in my EA role, having somebody who kind of thinks really similar to me is going to be beneficial because I need somebody who's going to say, well, this is what Kimberly would do. If Kimberly's not available because Kimberly's, you know, like I want to start doing speaking engagements. I might be gone for two days going to a speaking engagement. I need things to keep running and I need someone who's going to say, this is what Kimberly would do. Or, um, you know, oh, we're not going to bother her with that. That can wait until she gets back. Um, or this is urgent. We need to get with her. I can't make this decision. I don't know what she would do. So I very much trust her to be that person for me. So we're transitioning her to um, the executive assistant role once I find this new person. So here's, you're going to laugh at this. Um, I was thinking that I was never going to be able to find someone like me who would come in and treat my clients the way that I treat my clients. And here's what I've realized. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm just, that's like, that was the reality check. Like, stop. I was worried. I didn't want to hire someone because I was worried if I brought someone in that they would not do as good of a job as I do treat my clients as well as I do. And when I realized that I'm a unicorn and that I'm not going to find another unicorn, (laughs) like, look, I look at how good this is. Like I'm over the imposter syndrome, right? I'm a unicorn. And I own that. I own that I'm a unicorn um, because I'm really, really good at the at the nerdy tax stuff. And I'm really good at just like on the fly answering financial questions. I'm I'm a nerdy tax researcher, but I'm also a very extroverted um, speaker. And I love getting on the calls with my clients. Most of the time, those two people and personalities are not one in the same. So when I realized that and I was like, I'm looking for a tax accountant and I'm looking for a client success manager to tag team and be me, that was like a huge aha moment. Like, Kimberly, Mm -hmm. you dummy. Why did it take you so long to figure this out? (laughs) Because you're a unicorn and you think other people exist like you. But if they do, they're going to go start their own business, right? They're not going to come work for me. Maybe. Maybe, probably. <laughs> um, so, and that's okay, right? Like, I, like I'm like i all community over competition. I think that there is a, enough to go around for all of us. Like, let's lift one another up. Like, what can I teach you that I wish I would have known? What can I, like, what heartaches and headaches can I save you from the mistakes that I've made? Like, let me show, like, I, I'm just like a firm believer in that. So I- I'm not worried about that at all. Um, so the we position figured it is, out. we figured it out. So the position that is being posted is for a tax accountant um, to come in and help with the tax preparation, um, some of the tax review, checking and verifying those documents, helping with spreadsheets and, and entering data, but also like actually creating the spreadsheet. Someone who loves to do tax research. So that is um, that is the position that's going to be posted. I'm so, so excited. I'm still going to be the client success manager for right now because um, I only want to bring on one person at a time, really pour into them, training them up. Um, I also am very mindful of what those transitions look like for our clients, right? Because like this is a new person that I have to introduce them to. And it's 
they, they're used to very much always working with me. And so I'm going to have to, you know, carefully transition them to, okay, but you need to go to this person for that and stuff. So this person will be a little more behind the scenes, but I also want them to feel comfortable responding to client inquiries because one thing that um, I pride myself on as, as a firm is being very responsive and proactive with our clients. And so sometimes if I'm gone for more than two days, that person is going to have, you know, we try and we, we try and stick to a 24 hour response time for our clients. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible for uh CPAs because I, like I have new clients coming to me and they're like, I'm still waiting on a response from my CPA from three months ago when I emailed them. You know, I had someone literally tell me that on a, on a discovery call. Um, what? So yes. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Like, is it's that bad. because it's a necessary, as you said, there's no lack of business. It is a necessary well, part that all yes. businesses need. So most, so most people, when they hear CPA, they do automatically go to like tax prep, right? Like, like when we think CPA, like, oh, I need a CPA, talk to your CPA. They think tax prep. But there is so much more to the accounting realm and being a CPA than just tax prep, right? So, but that's where everybody goes. Like, I remember, I, like, when I finished, I was a chemical engineering major for three and a half years before I switched to accounting. Uh, yeah, like, we're my, like, we're so nerdy in this household. Like, we own it and rock it and we're here for it. Um, but we're, we're so nerdy. Um, my husband and I met tutoring for the College of Engineering together. Like, we tutored other engineering students and that's- Oh, my goodness. Oh, great. I love it. Yeah. So uh, like, like we just own the nerd. Um, so where was I going with that? We own the well, nerd. We were talking about the client who had three month waiting period because there's such a demand. Yes. And- so yes. So when I started as a CPA, actually, um, I went into the audit department. And so people would be like, oh, can I ask you a tax question? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I do other stuff than that. Yeah, and because I didn't know anything about tax. My mom still did my tax return. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I was working my first year. My mom still helped me do my tax return. I don't know if I got my CPA license yet because because I, I went so, so quickly through um, my business classes and accounting classes because I, like at that point, I was like, like, I needed to finish college because I made this life altering change so far down the road. Like most people got out of weeded out of engineering in like the first year and then by the second year. And so when I left, people were like, you're three and a half years in of five years. And I'm like, I know, but this isn't for me. I'm not happy. Um, and I'm not, I think a big part of it, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't making all A's and I need to be like I need to be the best, which wow. is, is ridiculous because no one is actually the best, but I didn't enjoy it. And my whole goal was to have a bachelor's in chemical engineering and get my MBA and work in a business role, but for a manufacturing technical type company. And I'm like, so I'm killing myself trying to get this, this engineering degree, but I really just want to do business anyway. Um, and it was all because I liked chemistry in high school. And I was like, well, if you like chemistry, what do you do with that? Like there aren't a lot, you can be a chemist or you can be a chemical engineer, um, but there's a lot more to the engineering than just the, uh, the chemistry. So, um, so yeah, but didn't I didn't do taxes, and but I didn't you're... do taxes because I like, they asked me at meet the firms, which, cause I had two engineering internships. So I needed to get an accounting internship. Right. And so again, I was like, I was blowing through all of this and just like trying to keep pace and taking 21 hours and trying to get myself graduated. And I went to meet the firms to get an accounting internship. And they're like, so audit or tax. And I was like, 
audit because you have to like keep a straight face. I'm like, you can't know that I'm not prepared and everybody hates taxes, right? So I said audit, but I actually did not care for audit. It was not challenging enough for me. Like you hear like about like when you were, I didn't work for big four, but like in the big four, it's like I audit Coke's cash all year long. And like, literally that's all they do. Like that is their whole job for an entire year. It's it's just kind of boring. What's big four real quick? Oh, like one of the big four firms. So like a Deloitte, a PwC, um, if you're working for one of the big four accounting firms um, and they have bigger contracts, like Coke, for example, is, you know, um, I'm not sure who they're with, but I had a couple of friends work, go and work for big four. And I had worked for the leading chemical company in the world when I did my chemical engineering internships. So I already knew what that company culture was like. And I knew that I wasn't looking for that. So I went with a medium sized firm based out of Atlanta and it was incredible because I really did. I feel like they gave us more hands-on training and nurturing and, and, and I really did get to learn and have more growth opportunities and it, it, it fit my needs personally. Um, nothing wrong with going big four. It just, it wasn't what I was looking for. Um, but so, yeah, I told them audit because I'm like, you hear the word tax and everybody hates taxes, right? So who would want to do taxes? Well, this girl right here loves taxes. She's found <laughs> out. Um, so I, I love taxes, but yeah, so I did, I did audit and I remember people would ask me, so can I ask you a tax question? I'm like, no, I don't know anything about, I mean, like I only know like my three semesters of tax classes that I had and that's all I know. And um, so it was really funny because I had to tell people no, but that back, back, so all the way back to your question, like people automatically hear the word CPA and yep. they think tax. But that's like as humans, as taxpayers, like that is where our brains go. And we like we have this um, anxiety and worry around taxes and the word tax and and this fear. And so um, but there's so much more to the CPA and the accounting world. And that's really where I think um, I shine. Even I'm a CPA and a certified tax coach. And so even, you know, you got a lot of tax professionals out there. They aren't doing tax strategy, whether, mm-hmm. whether they're not educated on the topic, whether they just don't want to, um, there's, there's a whole variety of reasons, but then you even have tax, other tax strategists who are doing that sort of planning and that, that high level for their clients and they are being proactive, but they're only looking at it from the tax perspective. They're not looking at the holistic business approach and the cash implications. And and that's really important to the overall success of a business. And so, um, we are having, so, you know, we're recording this in 2023 and we are just having a mass exodus of tax professionals and accounting professionals out of, out of the industry. Uh, it's, we've got, uh, professionals retiring early there, there, it has just been incredibly stressful the last three years, um, since COVID. And so many people are exiting the profession faster than people are coming in and it's creating an issue. Um, you know, for business owners. And then, and then, and then we have this amazing thing where more, more businesses have been formed, right. As people are work from home or we have women entering the workforce, right. So we have, I don't know the statistics, um, but there, I know for a fact that more businesses have been born in the last couple of years, which means there's more of a need for these services. And so we're having a real issue. So yes, I, I see in a lot of my business owner groups that the frustration that business owners are posting with their tax professional or CPA not responding to them 
or not responding to them fast enough, her not getting their taxes back to them fast enough. And I feel their frustrations. And I I don't think that it's okay. I, I don't agree with CPAs taking on more work than they can handle. But I also know that a lot of us do have the heart of a teacher and we don't want to tell clients, no, we want to try and help as many people as we can. And if we're not careful, we say yes too much to help people. And then we are overworked. And um, so I, I'm not... I am not excusing the behaviors or the lack of communication or what they're doing because actually like I've, I've leaned in, like I've realized that like, um, you know, we are very unique in the fact that not only are, do we respond within 24 hours that we proactively reach out to our clients without them reaching out to us. And apparently we're very much, um, like that's like, that's a unicorn for most other, uh, CPAs and professionals out there. But I just want to say to the business owners, please realize how overworked and undervalued our profession is right now. And those of us who are trying to stick it out for your benefit, we're taking on all the rest of the work. And so, um, yes, it's it's not right that you have to wait three months to respond um, and you should probably move on. But if they take two weeks to respond to you in the height of tax season, that's probably, you know, I would, yeah. if they're a good person and you've been with them for a while, stick with them because it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a sad, it's, it's a really sad state of where we are right now. Um, and, and hopefully we can get to the other side of it, but while, while I realize a lot of the business owners frustrations also realize where we're coming from on our end, that we're not doing it to most, I would say most people are not doing it because they want to give you bad service. They are just truly um, overworked. We are f- having the same staffing issues that most business owners are having. Right. So um, it's, it's a little bit of a, it's a hard. Bit of a hard time. It is. Yeah. It really is. Hey, quick note. I need your help. I am trying to get my Instagram account to my first 1000 followers. If you have not followed me at the connection collaborator on Instagram, do so today. And also I want to get to a thousand subscribers in my first 90 days of the Coach Up podcast. So if you have not subscribed or you've not shared this podcast with somebody, do that now. Thank you for your help in growing this audience and sharing the Coach Up podcast with more people. Well, and I think this is something that's important to understand the difference um, when you're looking for a CPA but you specifically also are a tax strategist. So mm-hmm. what's the difference? Yeah, that's such a great question. So when when you hear taxes or you're just engaging a tax professional per, to prepare your tax return, they're looking at your numbers from the previous year, right? It's a historical recreation of your financial year to tell the IRS what happened so that you can then pay the IRS the taxes that you owe based on your net income. When we're talking about tax strategy, we are proactively looking at your year, right? So um, I am working currently with my clients to plan out their 2023 and say, what can we do to reduce how much you're going to pay in taxes? Um, So there's three levels. So we call it tax preparation, tax planning, and tax strategy. Tax preparation is filling out that tax return form that you have to give to the IRS because they tell you you have to, and you want to do it right because you know it's a running joke. Like I don't want to go to jail. Most people aren't going to go to jail for for making an error on their income tax return, but that's basically you have to do it because they tell you you have to do it. 
Then we get to tax planning where that might look like, well, I had to pay $40,000 in taxes last year. So I need to make four quarterly estimated tax payments. I'm going to make $10,000 payments four times over the year. Tax strategy is saying, how do we get that $40,000 down to $20,000 or $15,000 or $12,000? What can we proactively do? And business owners are in a unique position to use the tax code to their advantage to do this. If you're a W-2 earner, unfortunately, there's really not a whole lot that you can do. But as a business owner, you can really strategize and find exceptions in the tax code to help you reduce your overall tax burden. Okay. So you said proactively. Mm -hmm. That's the key. All right. I'm going to throw this out here because as you talked about 2020 hit, pandemic, between that and 2022, a lot of businesses were created. And if you were in online anywhere, then you saw mm -hmm. a ton of things going on. And one of the things that I saw was a lot of information about business credit. And in that business credit segues to, <clears throat> in order to write off on your taxes, you should go out and buy a G-Wagon, which I don't even know that I really know what a G-Wagon is. I just know it's an expensive car. So when you talk about proactive things, Kimberly, uh, are you talking about things like, let's go pay for uh, 45 I really hope I know you I know you use like little parts of video I really hope you show my face on video for that when you were saying that because that <laughs> is like like that is not a tax strategy I thank you loathe, I loathe when people say go out and buy something thank you, you realize if you go out and buy something you're still spending the cash thank you I thought Maybe I'm the only one who thinks that. No, thank you. From a no. from a tax strategist, I was like, that doesn't no. that doesn't make You're sense. You're still it's spending the money, and okay. thank you. And what is your bona fide business purpose for purchasing that G wagon and appreciating it in your business? Because if you have an online business, I don't think you drive it anywhere. Come on, <laughs> what you doing? So there. where are you going in your G-Wagon that's for a bona fide business purpose? It's for marketing purposes, Kimberly. I take pictures of it so people know that I can afford one and they can they should be a part of my coaching because I can help you afford one too. Oh, oh no? is, is that really like the angle that these people are taking? I can't even follow this stuff. I'm not a social media person, but I see stuff like that. And then I'm just like, you gotta be freaking kidding me right now, man. And they're not. So, they're so not let's getting. so let's make sure people hear this loud and clear. Do not take tax advice from social media. We don't. Would you like to repeat that one more time? Do not take tax advice hmm. and tax strategy advice from social media, especially from people who are not qualified as tax strategists. Just because your CPA told you in your marketing business that you could do that, it does not qualify you as a tax strategist or a tax professional or a CPA or anything of the sort to repeat that information to your followers because you don't know all the ins and outs and you don't know why it works for you, but it's not going to work for the person next door watching you. It's very customized and you have to follow the rules. And by problem, could get on a whole tangent. You can tell I'm getting a little worked up here. So I'm going <laughs> to dial it back down. I'm going to dial it back down. But they're, it's, they're not giving context. It's clickbait. All it is is clickbait to get you to like, comment, follow, do all the things. And they're not giving you the full context of what it looks like for you. 
and they are not going to be bailing you out when the IRS comes and sends you a notice because you owe tens of thousands of dollars because you bought a G-Wagon and you didn't do it properly and it's not a bona fide business purpose. Where is Joe Blow that told you this on Instagram? Where are they now? They not bailing you out? That is it. It's clickbait. Right. And they're not telling you all the finer points. And here's the thing about tax strategy. Tax strategy is more than just one strategy. It's Mm. a combination of multiple strategies is where you get the biggest benefit. And there are certain strategies, like when I give my clients a customized tax strategy, there's like a scenario A and a scenario B a lot of times. Because sometimes if we pick some of the strategies in scenario A, you can't do some of the strategies in scenario B. Like they're mutually exclusive, right? You got to pick one or the other. And so maybe the end result is pretty similar, but they they like the strategies and what it looks like for them and what what is feasible for them and, and what doesn't give them, right? Because they're all legal and ethical, but I have some clients, we meet them where they're at, right? Some are a little more risk averse. Some are a little bit more like, I just want to put my head on my pillow at night and not worry at all. So we we adjust the strategies to our clients' risk tolerance and what they're looking for and how aggressive they want to be. These, you Please don't do tax strategy on your own. Please do not follow tax strategy advice from social media. Like it is it is worth it for you to pay for a qualified professional and to work with them. I want to get into that too. Um, you know, like for our clients, I mean, we can't make, the, the IRS legally does not allow us to guarantee a certain amount of savings. Like if somebody's guaranteeing you that they can save you a certain amount, uh, you need to report them to the IRS. We're not allowed to guarantee savings. Um, but- For the most part, we have a track record of saving our clients more than what they're spending with us. Oh, wow. Yeah. And your CPA should be doing that, right? Like, like, you know, we like, it's a goal. Like I want to save my clients more than what they're spending with us. Right. That's, that's to their benefit. On the, on the other hand, I was going to say too, um, if you'll let me, I would like to talk about my three-step process to finding the right person who's qualified for you. If I could give everybody some knowledge on how to find the right person for their business. Let's get into that. Before okay. we do, I do yeah. want to ask. Don't let me forget to do that then. Uh, I'm writing it down. Okay, cool. Since we've determined the G-Wagon is not a proactive tax strategy, Can you give an example of a couple of ways that people, what does being proactive look like? Sure. Yeah. So the the biggest thing that I want to talk to you about is the timing. If you come to me in March of 2023 to talk about tax strategies for 2022, the time has really passed. So that's the first thing is you need to be doing this throughout the year. Please don't wait until tax time. One, because we don't really have a lot of time to do tax strategies at that point. We're in tax season. But two, there's not a lot of retroactive tax strategies. So that is the first thing is you need to be working on this all throughout the current tax year. Please don't wait until December or even worse, January or February. So that's my biggest tech strategy tip is like the time is now to start looking into this, finding a qualified person, seeing where your revenues are, where your net income is, what's going on. 
timing is is key. And so with that, you also have to be up to date on all of your financials, right? Working with a bookkeeper or tracking it in your own spreadsheet. Because if you come to me and say, hey, can you help me? Oh, no, I don't know what my numbers are this year. There's nothing I can do for you. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to know what strategies are available to you if you don't even know how much you've made for the year? So that is like number one first step that you have to do is knowing your numbers and then looking at the strategies in the current tax year. Like first thing right there. That is the, that is like my number one tax strategy tip because okay. it's so basic, but people forget that. Um, my second one is looking at entity selection. So is it time to elect S-Corp? Everybody loves to talk about, oh, just go be an S-Corp. Well, Post-Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2018 it's not as beneficial as it was before 2018 to elect from being a sole proprietor on Schedule C to go elect an S-Corp. And there's not a lot of conversation about the cost and the extra paperwork and all the things that you need to do when you elect S-Corp. But when the time is right, yes, that can be a fantastic way to save on your taxes, your income taxes, right? Um, a third one that I'd like to give is missed deductions. And this is going to vary... Um, by industry and by person, right? But having someone who knows what general categories and expenses should be on your tax return and on your profit and loss statement, you know, we find missed deductions and missed opportunities for our clients all the time, right? And um, I actually created, it's a, it's just a PDF. It's 118 tax deductions that every service provider should know about, right? And so whether you're brand new to business and you're like, wow, this is blowing my mind, everything that could be a business expense, or you've been in business for eight to 10 years, there's always something for everyone that they find in there because we have to sort of retrain our brains, especially if we're used to being an employee where, where we didn't deduct any expenses. We have to retrain our brain as business owners to say, but can that be a business expense? And how do I properly make it a business expense? So it's a mindset shift, right? So those would be my my top three things that um, I like to share. And, and again, with the S-Corp one, that's really entity selection. Like that's one of the first things that we tackle with our clients is, are they the proper tax filing entity? Um, does it make sense to be an S-Corp? Should they be something else, right? But, but really looking at that entity selection in there. Wow, okay, so- then because you just gave those, we would know that you're qualified <laughs> minus all of the other stuff that you talked about in addition mm. to all of the other stuff. So then talk about how do you find, what are the three things you need to look for for a qualified? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my three-step process is first, you need to diagnose what do you need. Remember back to when we talked about um, there's a lot of, like when you hear CPA or you hear accountant or you hear accounting, there's a lot of different little niches within that, right? So you've got your auditors who are not going to know a lick about tax. You have your payroll professionals who only do payroll, right? And that's been a really big thing since COVID, right? Like keeping up with all the payroll changes and um, benefits and things like that. You have your bookkeepers um, who only do bookkeeping. You have your tax professionals. You have your tax professionals who also do tax strategy and are tax strategists. You have a lot of tax professionals who don't do tax strategy. They just prepare. And that's okay. We need those people too, right? We need just qualified tax preparers who are helping um, taxpayers who don't need tax strategy, right? 
um, you have CFOs, right? So I actually do CFO work as well for, for our highest ticket clients, right? It's there. We're, we're marrying the, the tax strategy with the business growth advisory, um, because they need that as well for their rapidly growing businesses. So know that if you just say accountant or CPA, but what do you need? Do you need a bookkeeper? You probably need a bookkeeper before you need a tax strategist, right? Because mm. if you don't have a bookkeeper who's helping you keep up with your numbers accurately and timely, there's nothing that the tax strategist can do for you. You're wasting your money with me. And I am honest when I, when people come and have a, a discovery call with me, I'm like, yeah, but you don't know your numbers. I can't help you right now, right? Um, so the first step is to diagnose who do you need and what do you need out of those different types of accounting roles. The second step is once you've figured out who you need, you need to make sure that they're qualified. Do they have a license? I don't think that it's a requirement to be, uh, I mean, somebody preparing your taxes should either be an enrolled agent or a CPA. And an enrolled agent is more of a federal license and it's only related to tax. I'm actually going to get my EA this summer just because I want to, um, because again, I'm a learner at heart and like, why not? Um, so if you're getting tax preparation, you sh they should either have an enrolled agent license or a CPA license um, to know that they're qualified. Agent license without a CPA license. Say that again. You can have the enrolled agent license without the CPA license. That's that's correct. The uh, so the CPA licenses are um, by state boards. So like I am a Georgia and Louisiana state licensed CPA. Um, but the EA, the enrolled agent is on the federal level that is by the IRS. And it's only for taxes, whereas CPAs, like when we take our CPA exam, it's it's got like a couple of different sections on it, right? One of them is tax, one of them is regulatory, one of them is auditing, right? So um, you can go in different directions with the CPA exam. You see a lot of CFOs and controllers have about having a background as a CPA. Uh, an enrolled agent is only going to be doing tax work. Um, so, but if you find somebody who's a qualified enrolled agent who's going to prepare your tax return, and maybe they are qualified to do tax strategy, right? Then, then that's okay. You don't need a CPA. You can use an EA. Um, and then, so you want to check their qualifications, and you want to go, like, go if you're googling me, go to the state board of Louisiana State Board of CPAs website and make sure that I'm active and I'm in good standing, right? And I don't have any, I think they list like if we've done anything wrong, like if there are any infractions against us, like do your due diligence, right? Like don't just let them say that they're a CPA, like go and actually like, do a little bit of due diligence, right? Um, ask around, ask for if they have references, like I will happily give you 20 client names that you can contact and ask them about me, right? I think that sometimes it can be a little scary to ask for references because we're obviously inclined to only give good people, but I like, I will give you whoever you want, right? Um, ask them about their client retention rate. That says a lot. That speaks volumes about who they are and who their firm is, right? So do your due diligence on their qualifications and if they're actually licensed where they say they are, right? Like ask them about their CPE. Like we have a minimum requirement of 20 hours of continuing professional education a year. I do 60 hours because that's that's how I bring the benefit to mm -hmm. my clients, right? So ask them about that. Like, oh, what does that look like? You know, don't be afraid to ask them those questions. So that's step two is, you know, finding the person and checking if they're qualified. 
The third step to that, and this, this is really important. They're all really important, but this one's really important too, is interview more than one, talk to more than one. And what does, what kind of feeling do you get? What does that relationship look like? Because maybe you've done steps one and steps two, and you found two or three people, and it seems like they're qualified. You've done all of your vetting and your due diligence. What does it feel like when you talk to them? What, because talking about finances, it's scary. It's overwhelming. It's stressful, especially as women. It can be a very vulnerable conversation, right? We, but you need to feel confident in them. You need to trust them. You need to know that they're not going to be condescending to you because you have to ask the questions. You have to be honest and transparent with us because if you're not, I can't do my job. But I need my, I know my clients, they have no qualms about coming to me and say, I think I made a mistake. I think I went wrong here. Can we talk about it? Or I really need you to help guide me on this because I'm really not sure what to do. Like I am the first trusted advisor for most of my clients. They come to me and I'm like, I have no clue why you're asking me this. Like, why do you think I'm qualified to answer this question for you? But they trust me. And they trust they, you. They trust me. They yeah. trust me to help walk. We we say this, we link arms with our partners, with our, with our clients as a partner. And they trust me to help guide them through. They know that I have their best interest at heart, right? And they know that I'm going to help them find the qualified person to get them through whatever's going on, or I'm going to talk them through it. And so it really comes down to what is the relationship going to look like? Do you trust them? Do you feel like you can have an open, honest conversation with them? And and they're going to, you know, they're going to say, okay, yep, this was bad. We need to make sure that this, what do we do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And now, okay, let's forge ahead and find a solution to fix it. And they're not condescending. They don't make you feel less than we've all made mistakes. I mean, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to continue to make some mistakes as probably a business owner, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister, right? Like, like we're not perfect. So, you know, but I've heard, unfortunately, very recently, a lot of stories of even female CPAs in the online space who are very condescending and rude to their clients. And that really bothers me as a female to hear that. Um, because again, community lifting one another up, like let's support one another. So that's, you know, so that's your CPA is not someone that you want to be switching year over Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, it can be very costly, like, like actual money out the door, but it's also very time consuming, which is a cost. It, 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 it's, it's a financial cost on your time. It's a cost on your energy. It takes away. And again, the, the longer that I've been working with my clients, the more that I'm diving in, to all of the intricacies and the nuances of their business. We find we find our rhythm as CPA and business owner, right? So the longer that you spend with your CPA, you know, so you really want to find the right person and you want to stick with them because it's just you're going to see a much greater ROI. So really do your due diligence to find the right person. Make sure that it really feels like a relationship and not just like a oh, I talk to them once a year kind of thing. Um, because switching so frequently, it doesn't benefit you or your business. Mm, those are so- such good tips. And so I did not realize that you could look up the mm-hmm. license um, and also see if there are any infractions. And so I think yeah, that's, yeah. That's and really like if you can't find tip. it online, just call them, right? Google like 
You know, like if you're in Wyoming, Wyoming State Board of CPAs, something will come up on Google and call and say, you know, I'm trying to find out about this person who says that they're a Wyoming CPA. It, like, can you tell me if, you know, if they're in good standing? It's really mm. what you want to know. Right. And then like you talked about the relationship portion, how do you feel when you have that conversation? Um, because it is somebody you're working with on something that's very personal, even though mm -hmm. it's finance of the business, like money governs a lot. And also we have very interesting relationships with money, So you want to be comfortable with people. Absolutely. And if you're a business owner, your business finances directly impact your personal finances, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, they direct like, you know, and, and so, you know, our kind of I don't know, like, what do you, I'm not a marketer. So like, I guess like our, our slogan or something we say, like our, I don't know if it's our, it's not our mission statement, but we say that we partner with our clients to maximize profits, reduce taxes, build wealth and create a legacy. And you have to do things in that order, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can absolutely use your business to build wealth. And that's the mm -hmm. goal, but you're building wealth personally, right? Like, like your business isn't really building wealth, but your business is a vehicle and a means to build your personal wealth. Well, that's a good mind shift. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you talked about all the different CPAs or the different mm -hmm. pockets, mm -hmm. so do you need different CPAs to handle different parts of your business? Or can you find a CPA who can do payroll, who can do audit, who can do tax and tax strategy? Oh my gosh, such a great question. Uh, Cause this is something that I could get fired up about too. So um, I don't, <laughs> do you see me like shifting in my chair? I'm like, all right, let's I'm getting this. ready. I'm getting ready. Um, I'm, very, I'm a very passionate person. I love um, it. <laughs> so I don't love one-stop shop accounting firms. And here's why. If they only have 10 or fewer employees, which is what most small accounting shops have, if they have that many, they cannot be experts in all of the things that I just listed, right? There's no way. There's no way that they can be experts in all of that. And when you're not an expert in payroll or tax strategy, they're not really delivering to, you're not maximizing their knowledge and what you get in return. And that's when things go wrong. And then if the one-stop accounting shop is large enough, it does have enough employees and departments where they can be specialized in just payroll, just bookkeeping, just tax strategy, just CFO. You're probably not getting a very personalized experience because they've grown so big that they're not doing as great of a job keeping tabs on their clients unless they're a really, really big client, right? So that's kind of my take on one-stop accounting shops. Can you do it? Yes. Are they out there? Yes. Are there some that are probably doing okay? Yeah. But the way that I like to approach it is, um, so how I see a lot of success, especially for business owners in, in the online space, a lot of coaches, a lot of service providers, where where I see the best relationships come from is a bookkeeper who specializes just in bookkeeping, but also monitors payroll through like a gusto or something like that. And they're making the entries and they're, they have some oversight over the payroll. And then they work with someone like me, who is the tech strategist, the business growth advisor, the high level CFO strategy, 
And then we actually communicate a lot of times with our clients, bookkeepers on their behalf, right? So they're really available for the day-to-day, week-to-week questions, the, the transactional type stuff. And then I'm getting those reports and I'm like, all right, let's look at it. Where are we going? What do we need to change? What are we doing? How does this affect our cash flow? How does this affect our tax strategy? If we do this tax strategy, how does that affect our cash flow? What are our goals? You know, things like that. And so it's a very good partnership, um, especially for business owners who are in like the 50K to, I would say probably about the 2 million mark. And then around the 2 million mark is when I see my clients need someone more in-house and maybe not an outsourced bookkeeper and payroll provider. They're still using me outsourced, but they're bringing in someone who is helping with the bookkeeping and the volume of transactions that they have. They start needing more of an in-house bookkeeper accounting type position who can then come directly to me. Okay. That's super helpful because you, I wouldn't imagine people want to have a separate person for each one of those, but what you explained about a one-stop shop also makes a whole Mm -hmm. lot of sense. And so having a small partnership, I I understand that. And I would think that I would imagine that comes from part of your educate show. Your three pillars are execute, educate, and empower. Like part of that comes from the education Mm -hmm. that you give to your clients. And so I want to dig into that a little bit. Sure. Can you talk about what education looks like for your clients that you provide them? Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, it starts with just our conversations and the type of conversation that I'm having with them, the way that I speak to them, the questions that I ask of them. And I ask my clients or prospective clients, I should say, to come in with an open mind, to be open to learning these facets of their business, because a lot of women especially, oh, I can't do that. I'm not capable. Numbers are complicated. That's out of my league. And so it starts with the mindset of, no, you've built a $2 million business. I think you've got this. We just need to refine it and we need to share it in a way that is digestible for you in small pieces. So that's really where the education starts is just from having the conversations. Um, For my high level clients, that is with one-on-one calls monthly, right? Emails, boxes, back and forth, asking questions as they're going along. For my clients that are more on our just essentials package, that is through an open office hours call once a month right now. And I educate for the first 10 to 15 minutes of that call before it's open Q&A for them on any questions that they might have. So um, for example, our March office hours was all about accountable plans and why you need an accountable plan. A lot of these women have come to me electing S-Corp, but nobody told them that they needed to have an accountable plan. So I educated them on the accountable plan and provided them with a template to get this accountable plan going for their business. Um, April, we just had April actually, and that was all about travel deductions. How, like, how do we try and turn our travel into a legitimate business expense following the IRS rules, right? So it's bringing in, instead of just coming and saying, here's an hour of questions, ask me your questions, which is great. They need that time to come with their questions, but it's it's getting their juices flowing and bringing things to their attention that they would have never thought about otherwise and not in like a social media, go buy a G-Wagon type way, right? Um, and Legit so yeah, yeah, like legitimate, like how do we do this? Um, and so, and then like one of the persons, um, one of the women, her question the other day was, 
you know, she was trying to figure out her team is growing, right? Amazing. I'm so excited for her. And she is using a calendar management platform, but as she's growing, she's like, it's just getting really expensive. And I'm like, well, have you thought about switching to this calendar management platform? Because it's actually more cost-effective the more people you have. And so we went through and I shared my screen and I showed them how my brain thinks about the cost analysis of looking at the two, because then she's like, well, what about the time to have everyone switch? And I'm like, that is, I'm so glad that you're like thinking in that mindset. And I've been working with this client for like over two years now. So I'm like, I love that you're getting like in this mindset, right? Because yes, there is, there is a time um, cost to it as well. But we went through and she's like, okay. And like, and then she sent me a box and she's like, we switched. I went through it. It took me, I did exactly what you told me to do. I got it all taken care of. It's done. And I'm going to be saving a hundred dollars a month moving forward. Right? Like that is the impact that we want to have from these calls. And so that's the thing is the education. And that's why I leave it as open office hours because mostly it's a lot around tax, but it's also around the finance. It's also around the entrepreneurship. It is, there's just, there's so much that goes into being an entrepreneur. There's so much that comes from the financial analysis of it. And um, I'm just there to support our clients in any way that I can um, from a financial perspective, a tax perspective. And so the education can look like so many different things, right? We also have a resource library that our clients have access to, right? With with trainings and some videos. And so it, it might be a training, like all of our office hours, those trainings go into a, a recording, you know, a video recording bank where they can access it and go watch it again. They can go. And, and I just think some people, when I told them that it was going to be group questions, they're like, well, I don't want to share my numbers in front of people, right? Like that's our first, um, that's our first feeling, especially as a woman, right? Like I'm less than, I don't deserve to be in this room. My numbers aren't as good as hers. I'm not doing as well as she is. And so we just kind of squash that from the get-go. This is an open, honest area that is controlled by me. We will not feel less than, we will encourage each other. And I just think, so, you know, a lot of my, not my clients, but people that, women business owners, service providers that should be working with me, they're not even problem aware. I have to educate them on the fact mm. that they're not problem aware, that they don't know what tax strategy is, that they don't know that they should be doing tax strategy, that they don't know that they are worthy and deserving of a good relationship with a CPA, that they don't have to take um, the experiences that they've been getting, that that there is a better option out there and that um, they they are worthy of having a good qualified CPA who proactively reaches out to them and reminds them of the things that they need to be doing. So, um, you know, I love the, the group container a little bit because I can tell when somebody asks a question and somebody else's eyes light up and they're like, Ooh, I need to know this or right. I never would have thought about that. Right. And so that, you know, and, and it's just, it, it, it it's just incredible to, to see that. And so they're also like sharing with each other and educating each other and lifting each other up. And um, I, I don't know if I thought about that. So this, this tax essentials package that I created was out of request from some bookkeepers and some prospective clients who are like, can't afford, you know, thousands of dollars a month to be able to work with you, but I want to work with you so desperately. And so this one is a much more affordable price point for them, right? To be able to get that introduction to working with me. And I was like, but it has to be in a group environment because I can't give everybody one-on-one -on -one at that price point, keeping it affordable. But 
I also, I really do believe in community over competition. And I think I've done a really great job of fostering that community. And there's something that's so special that comes out of that, especially for, for women. Um, and so it's like, it's almost like a byproduct of, of me educating them, but them helping and educating each other and then empowering each other. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's community, awesome. Community is powerful. And I don't know that we foster enough of it in order yeah. to see the power of it, because especially when you have somebody leading it, like you said, like when you are leading, like there is no, we are unapolog- unapologetic, there it's a safe space, there is no belittling, you're you're mm-hmm. not going to feel less than, um, but there's something when you're with people who are in a similar place as you and in a community, right? Like with your clients, for example, if you've got people who are pushing that million dollar mark, but you also have people who are at the 50,000, but they're all in that same community, they're, you're going to learn from the ones that are mm-hmm. ahead of you, but you can also relate to because there's somebody close to you, right? Exactly. And then you can also be of help to somebody who hasn't quite gotten to where you are. And so creating those relationships is they don't happen unless they're the community for it to happen in, which is exactly so powerful. And so, well, and it's also, I think, um, showing them that you might be struggling in this one area and they might be, you know, and this other business owner over here is killing it in that area. But yeah. if you look and listen, another area that you're killing it in, they're struggling in, right? Yeah. We don't have it all together all the time, every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're getting close to time. Kim, this is oh my so goodness. Good. This uh, is right? good. <laughs> uh, okay, one thing that we didn't do was actually introduce you. Oh. So we, just actually, dive, we just dived right in. We just talked and it has been great. But okay, can you, and I'm probably going to need to put this at the beginning of the podcast. Can you tell people what you actually do? If you work from home, if you are a remote worker, if you're a business worker and you work from home and you sometimes just wish you could get together with other people who work from home, you just wish you could get out of your house and just be around other people who are working as dedicated and focused as you are, but you get to be in the space of other fellow remote workers, you want to join the Coffee Shop Coworkers Facebook group. We are connecting people all over the country in coffee shops where you can go for free meet other like-minded people, to hang out, to work together, whether it's for two hours, whether it's for four hours, whether it's all day, but you get to connect with people like you who are working from home, who want to be around other people and still get work done and just create a new network. So come check out the Facebook page, join the Facebook page, Coffee Shop Coworkers today so we can start connecting you to fellow future coworkers. I would love to tell people what I actually do. Um, so I am, so I'm Kimberly Tara and I'm the owner of the Tara CPA firm and I am a CPA and certified tax coach by the official credentials, right? But I like to say that I am a tax strategist and business growth advisor because that is truly what we do for our clients. So we link arms with female service providers to maximize their profits, reduce their taxes, build wealth, and create a legacy. And we do that through execution, education, and empowerment. And I am just, I'm on a mission to change the game 
for female business owners who are experiencing horrible service from their current CPAs and don't feel worthy of having a good experience or have been made to feel less than or ridiculed for asking questions of their current CPAs. We are we are a partner who believes that our client's success is our success, right? And we're here to um, support them on their journey to whatever success and wealth looks like for them because it looks different for all of us and the approach can be different for all of us. And so um, I really love what I do. I say that I do like all the nerdy stuff, all the financial stuff that most business owners like loathe and falls to the bottom of the list. That is my jam. That is where I live. That is what I love doing. And um, it's just, I'm so grateful to the clients that we work with on a day-to-day basis um, for the growth that our firm has had and getting to be a small part of their success. Yeah. I love that you said that um, it's your jam, all the stuff that people don't want to do. Um, because I am, I learned this oh, 20 years ago um, on my first entrepreneurial endeavor that I am all about paying people to do what they're good in that I don't want to yes. do. Right. Yes. And unfortunately, when you're starting a business, sometimes you can't always do that. You don't have the funding. But as soon as you can. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Pay, one, do it. pay it forward. Support yes. other businesses. Yes. Right? It Pour into those businesses because it will be poured back to you, whether God does it through mm-hmm. a different person or they will do it themselves. Um, but also it frees you up to do yes. what you are called and what you yes. are great at doing and enjoying. So I am, I am with yes. you on that. Have yeah. you, um, have you read the book who, not how? No. Oh, if you're into that, oh, you need to go read who, not how Dan Sullivan. It's on audible because if it's not on audible, I don't, I don't have time. He's like, I don't do that. Is Dan Sullivan the one who has a podcast? Uh, he probably does. He's got a couple of books. Um, I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank on the spot, the name of his program. Um, but he's got a coaching program too. Um, but I haven't read his, I don't think I've read his other books, but I really like who, not how it really, um, like I knew I needed to be doing it, but it really reframed the way that, you know, sometimes you just got to hear things a couple times over and over again in a few different ways for it to really click who, not how, like it really clicked for me about, um, leaning into my zone of genius, which is um, another one by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. If you haven't read that one, that one's really good as well. Um, but like you said, also like paying it forward and saying, what is the trade-off? Like if I could have this person do it faster and better, like I'm doing that with my copywriting right now. Someone is doing it faster and better. And I was the bottleneck in my business when it came to all of the copywriting because I am a numbers person. I am not a words person. Right. Hey. So let them do what they do well and do yes. what you do well. Yeah, yeah, like it comes back and I'm like, dang, this is good. Like this is everything that I wanted to say, but I didn't know how to say it. So like she and I, we just talk and I tell her and she listens to like pre- previous podcast episodes. And I'm like, dang, that is so good. I never would have been able to write that. See, I love it. I love it. Um, Okay, we only have a few minutes left. Okay. So I'm going to be responsible. One of the things, Kimberly, that I am learning um as a podcast host is one learning how to write the answer, learning how to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. But because when I talk to amazing people such as yourselves, you say so much and I just want to dig in and I'm like, you don't have that much time and they've already given you valuable time of your anyway. So (laughs) 
stay focused. Well, I would, I would love to come back and we can do a part two, like maybe ask your listeners if they want to submit any questions and then we'll work that into the next podcast episode. I would love to come back. This has been awesome. Taking you up on that. Okay. Okay, cool. So we're going to go to the, before you go, quick fire round questions. Okay. I have seven questions. All right. Ask everybody, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. One tool or app, Kimberly, which you would not do business without right now. Right now it's Calendly. Having automated bookings for my clients to be able to book with me when they need it has been a game changer and not having the emails back and forth. Can you do this time? Can you do this time? Can you do this time? Or texting me or emailing me or mess like all the little things it is now like wrapped nicely. And if they email me, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We can have a call. Here's a link to my calendar. Let me know if you don't see any times. I had to say that during during tax season, it got a little cray cray during tax season. But for the most part, my clients can find availability on my calendar within two to three business days. And that has been, I was scared. Like I am a control freak. And I was like, but, but, but they're going to just book whenever on my calendar. I'm not going to control it. It's been amazing. Nice. Okay. That's beautiful. I love it. Um, how do you, what do you use to collect payments from your clients? Uh, Stripe via Dubsado. So it all runs like Stripe is connected to Dubsado. And then, um, Stripe is also connected to our CRM, which is called tax still very just like only for tax professionals. Um, but Stripe. Okay. Again, uh, game changer because it automated. I used to use QBO invoicing cause I'm a CPA and like, that's where my brain lives. Stripe, like like not just straight, but like automating the process, game changer, game changer. How does it automate the process? Uh, however, my operations person set it up in Dubsado. It just auto-charges them monthly. I don't, again, I've leaned into the who, not how yep. with operations and like all the systems and techie stuff. So I am like, part of me is like, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know. And the other part of me is really proud to say, I don't you know, because be. I don't handle that anymore. I just, I stay in my zone of genius. You're doing your third pillar by empowering. I that. am. And I love yes. the women. I, I try very much to only work with mom, female business owners. Like I really try to support them. Um, and I love that uh, most of the women that I work with, it's like, sometimes we are sending boxes to each other at eight o'clock at night because we had, we, we ended our day at three o'clock to go get the kids. Right. And there's, there's no expectation that we're answering at eight o'clock at night. It's just, we all are working because we prioritize spending time with our kids during the day. And we're like, we're in sync with that. Which is amazing. Okay. All right. You do have, so the, the next question is, do you have a virtual assistant or an assistant you recommend? You have one, but I don't know that you'd recommend her because I don't know that you want to share her. Yeah, no, she's she's mine um, because she, she is local to me and she only wants to work part-time and she's more of like my executive assistant than a virtual assistant. I did have a fantastic VA um, who was helping us with some of the online stuff, but she is going on maternity leave. And so um, we're actually not working together because she's going to be having two babies. Um, so unfortunately, I don't have any recommendations at this time she's having twins uh no she'll have two under two she's oh. got she's got a little Ooh. boy already so i think she'll have two under two so i totally yes. get where she's coming from yes you do such respects for you guys okay <laughs> um, most and we talked about this but your most effective method for finding and securing new clients <clears throat> so client referrals right referrals from current clients other professionals like bookkeepers financial advisors who aren't um 
doing the the tax side of things that has been and me just talking to people I'm just talking to people just talking because to, you're good just at being what you genuine do. right it's just yeah. being genuine and like I'm not when I'm talking to people I'm not trying to lure them in as a client I'm just answering whatever question they have to the best of my knowledge correct all right tool you use to set up client meetings I'm assuming is Calendly 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 okay Kimberly, what's the one thing you attribute the most weight to in scaling your business to six figures? And especially going back to that first 12 months where you did that. Um, yeah, it, but it hasn't changed in the last seven, six or seven years. Um, it's being genuine and focusing on serving our clients well. That's what it all comes down to. And and so I'm learning that there's a little bit of crutch in there with that um, because like, the loudest marketers get the most clients in the door, but then those clients realize, wait a minute, I've been bamboozled. This is not very good. And I've had quite a few clients in the last uh, couple months come to me from other great marketers who made it sound like it was going to be such a fantastic experience. So I am really leaning into the marketing in 2023. Growth and visibility is my focus for the year um, because we need more genuine marketing out there. But again, that's why hiring someone to make sure that we maintain that level of client fulfillment while I go out and do the marketing and show these women what is possible and what is out there um i won't do that until i can make sure that my clients are still being served yeah that's beautiful because um like you said your business has grown through referrals and that's mm -hmm. because you have treated and taken care of and provided so much good value for your right business. there's nothing we, that can replace that and there's nothing that can replace that and you know with a 97 percent retention rate the only people that we've lost we've had one client pass we've had one client their business didn't make it through covid we had another client um she was younger and her friend became a cpa so she was like i'm gonna i'm gonna let him do it you know and so like we support all of that and like that's really the only reason we've lost the few clients that we have so you don't have to, it's easy to grow and scale when you're not losing clients. Absolutely. That's good. Okay. Last question, including your podcast, make sure we talk about that. <laughs> what one book or a podcast would you recommend as a must to consume? We should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers. Hey, have you not read, have you not read, oh, not it. it, it changed I don't want to say it changed everything for me, but it really changed a lot of my perspective and stepping into my worthiness as a woman, as a mom. Um, it it changed it changed my mindset so much. Like I probably it's been I read it in 2020. I have it on Audible. I probably need to go. Like there are some books you know that you need to like listen. Remind mm -hmm. you need the reminder. I probably need to go. Um, listen to that uh I, I was in her club for a while there's a club that you you can join and I don't know if I'd recommend the club right now it depends on where you are in your business but the book is a must read or a must listen she's just she's incredible with her message and what she's sharing we should all be millionaires okay by Rachel, Rachel Rogers, Rogers. Hmm? excellent okay and tell us about your podcast ma'am Oh, okay. So we have the Messy Wonderful podcast and it actually came from uh, the blog, people asking for more and I hated writing. So I wanted to talk and I was like, well, I'm going to start a podcast. And um, and then we took the podcast episodes. I would just kind of get on and chat about all the things. And then we would write a blog post off of what I, I talked about on the podcast. So it's on break right now. And we are actually rebranding it to the Moms Building Wealth podcast because it's more aligned with 
my mission and my message. And um, we'll still be throwing some travel in there and things like that. Cause I think that for me, it, it um, we haven't picked a new launch date quite yet um, because I'm just getting out of tax season. I'm just getting my head above water, but we've already done some incredible interviews with some female business owners who are moms. Um, and, you know, I believe that wealth is so much more than just money. It, it, it starts with a lot of money. The, the foundation can be money. But to me, wealth is being present as a mom and going to those school events, if that's what's important to, to you. Wealth is traveling, whatever travel looks like for you, whether that's getting away from your kids and traveling with your partner, whether that's taking your kids on journeys, right? Wealth is so much. So you're still going to hear some travel in there. Um, you're going to hear some money in there. You're going to hear, uh, we talk a lot about what it looks like to be a mom and a business owner. You're going to hear some business tips in there. And so that's actually what is holding up the relaunch is I was only going to have it be interview style and only release interview episodes, but it was missing my knowledge and my content. So now I'm going to record some things that have been weighing on my heart and my brain. And we're going to, it's going to be a combo of solo episodes and guest episodes. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to dive in. So you're, if you're on break, how many seasons do you have previously? Or- so we only have one. So I wasn't going to do it in seasons. Um, This is this is things that Kimberly has had to learn and give herself like, so I was I was never going to take a break, right? It was just it was going to be one episode released every week forever. And um, so after I think we have about 50 episodes, 45 episodes, somewhere in there, 45 to 50 episodes that are in now season one. I had to give myself permission to change and say, this is going to be in seasons now because I need seasons so that I can be a present mom, so that I can have white space to step back and listen, listen to my audience. What do they need? What do they need from me? How can I help and serve them? And so our season ended in December. I was going to push the new season out in March. And my business coach was like, well, why March? That's one of your busiest times of year. And I was like, I because I can't be on break that long. And she's like, who says? I'm like, well, I say. And she's like, well, why did you pick that date? Why do you have to stick to it? It's arbitrary. And I'm like, I know, but I hold myself to such a high standard that like, I didn't want to give myself permission to change. So I've given myself permission to do a lot of changes to be, I don't want to say to be less, to do less, to, to be okay with what I'm doing and where I'm at and to embrace the accomplishments that I have had to, to acknowledge the accomplishments that I have made. You know, when, when I tell people that I have four little kids and I've grown a business at the same time, they're like, wow. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's no big deal. Like just, just (laughs) doing life. Like everybody does that. Right. Everybody does that. Right. Um, you know, so really, um, shifting my mindset to saying like, it is okay if I push this to June, instead of March, because I also at our firm and in my life, I'm all about quality over quantity. And so even if it means that it comes out two or three months after when I wanted it to come out, but it is the quality product that I want it to be. And it is what my listeners need and are asking for. And some of my listeners, they don't know that they need it. Right. So, um, that's more important that it's, that it's up to my high standards versus like, rushing to hurry up and get it out because I'm supposed to. Absolutely. And one of the things about strategy that I didn't learn until much later is strategy is not only what you're planning and what you're saying yes to, but it's also what you're saying no to. 
Oh, and yes. so the no of no, I'm not going to release a podcast in the middle of tax season is strategy, right? It is. And, it and is. we have to, we often want to pile things onto our plate without taking things off. And we have to learn yes. the art of removing in order I'm to make quality that. space. For I'm things. very good about that. On our next episode, we can talk about what I started saying no at the beginning of 2020 when I was pregnant with our third child. And I cannot tell you how freeing and how wonderful it has been to say no over the last three years. We could probably do half an episode just on the benefits of saying no. We are going to come back together before we go. Kimberly, tell people how they can find you, reach out to you, connect with you. Yeah, yeah. So if it's okay with you, I would like to offer your listeners a free download of our 118 tax deductions. Um, so you can go to www.terracpafirm.com backslash download and grab that. It It's going to walk you through everything. And again, whether you are brand new to business or you have been in business for years, I promise there is some expense on there that you are probably not taking the full benefit from. So please go download that so you can make sure that you are maximizing your deductions on your business tax return. So I would love for you to go um, grab that free resource. And then I love the voice DMs on Instagram. Like I'm not a social media person, but I have social media so that I can use the voice DMs. And so you can find me at Tara CPA firm on Instagram, because I would love to chat with you in the voice DMs. That is so good. Okay. Do I have the download? I do. So the download link will be in the show notes. Perfect. Everybody can get that. Perfect. Yes. Kimberly, this has been great. This is so good. Thank you for having me. It has been wonderful. And we will do a part two. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Coach Up Podcast. Make sure whether you're a coach or not, you go and grab Kimberly's list of 118 tax deductions. Because even if you're not a business, there may be some things on there that you didn't think about that you can have and write off as an individual contributor or a W-2 employee. So either way, Listeners, go grab that free information that Kimberly is providing and also make sure that you share this as I always ask you to do with somebody. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you like the episode, and I will see you on the next episode of the Coach of Podcast.